Yeah, it's the Rap Radar Podcast. My name is B-Dot. Elliot Wilson. Yeah, Elliot, what's really good? <laughs> this guest, man. I can't believe he's here, man. I can't believe it's Killer Cam. Cameron Giles? Yeah, man. On the Rap Radar Podcast? Who would have thunk it? He has a new album on the way, Purple Haze Part 2. Hey, man. Build the Dipset movement, man. I, and every time Cam speaks in an interview long form like this, man, it's extremely rare. If you say he's coming, I guess he's coming, but I, I don't know, man. Listen, I got some questions, man. <laughs> oh, I know you got some real super <laughs> SDE type questions. Are you taking it back? We got to. It's only rights. Kim. And, and everything, man. The business ventures, everything, man. This guy built fucking Dipset, man. Diplomats, man. All of them, you the know? movement. You know what that logo means? It means a lot, man. Let's get into it, man. Killer Cam. Rap Radar Podcast. Yeah. 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 I wasn't understanding it. No, no way that I ever have a hand Legendary, man. You ready? I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> Cameron Giles. How y'all doing? Pleasure. How y'all doing? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Everything's good. It's always rare when you speak, brother. Oh, yeah. It's very rare. I don't come out that often. How you doing? Feeling good, good, man. Good. Purple Haze 2? Yeah. Is it time? December? Yeah, we're going to put it out in December. I got a lot of music. I've been, uh, you know, studios in my house. I always work or whatever, even when I'm not working. So I always do music. But um, it's about time to put some more music out. Yeah. Why why a sequel? Because this is like your first sequel. People love Purple Haze, and it's really the 15-year anniversary this December of Purple Haze 1. Mm. So, uh, you know, I thought it'd be a good time. I did a mixtape about two years ago called The Program, yeah. and um, I was going to put that the sequel out to that, actually, but um, I thought being it was the 15-year anniversary of Purple Haze 1 that we uh, do Purple Haze 2. Right. Yeah. What yeah. does Purple Haze represent in your catalog? Like, if you go back to that time, what was what was kind of going on at the time? <laughs> Because uh, uh, I mean, obviously, Come Home with Me's was the launch of the Rockefeller Dipset right. era, and then um, the Purple first, Haze. the okay. first Purple Haze. I was doing a lot, man. I was, <laughs> I was in, I was in Ohio. <laughs> Get in Ohio. Yeah, I was in Chicago, living in Chicago, living in Ohio, back and forth to New York. Um, at that particular time, I smoked a lot of Purple Haze, mm. so I named the album that. But it was, it was a lot going on, you know. Uh, just. At that time, um, Jewels was getting off the ground. Jim was getting off mm. the ground. I don't even think Jim had his first single yet at that time. Yeah. So just trying to organize the crew. A lot of traveling, a lot of driving on I-80. And, um, <laughs> yeah, but um, it was it was a lot going on. But it was a great time in my life. It really was. It was a good time. What do you think of that album being evolved as like a cult classic to a lot of people? I appreciate it. Whatever, whenever people give me credit for anything I always appreciate it but when I go back and listen to it that's probably my favorite album that I've really? done really yeah you really? know what I'm saying come home with me because there's a debate there no, you don't two. mind I'm an SDE guy I was about guy. to say that oh, SDE yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that yeah, I was about to say you know I get the shows because I, when I do shows, I'm not sure, um, maybe now, but a lot of shows because people complain in my shows that I don't <laughs> I don't do any songs from SDE. Mm-hmm. I don't really do any songs like from Confession of Fire. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with Purple Haze, I just think that I was more in a rhythm already at Rockefeller as opposed to Come Home With Me. We were just trying to catapult the Diplomat brand at Rockefeller. Mm. So um, I think I was more comfortable writing that one. So did you have to make sacrifices as an artist to, to help build your team and build, and build your brothers? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, what is this, probably 22 years I, I signed my first deal. Wow. But I only have six albums, you mm. know what I'm saying? By executive produced 22 albums. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. Of course, I'm, if I'm executive of 22 albums, I'm always making sure somebody else's album or project yeah. is is um, in place. But, uh, 
Yeah, you know, that's not a lot of albums for that many years. Yeah. But, you know, I probably got 100 mixtapes, if yeah. not more. No, you know well, pioneered the whole artist yeah, mixtape thing. Absolutely. So I just think Purple Way is my best, but I get SDE, I get Come Home. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's debate. a good debate, yeah. right? Yeah, like, it's it's there's no debate. clear-cut winner. Right. right. <laughs> it's on my personal favorite. So I believe in Flea's the first single, right? Uh, nah, we just put that out to warm it up. There's so much music, man. Like I said, we was trying to really rush and put out the program this month, but I was saying that... uh. I didn't. I was having a hard time deciding whether I'm gonna put this song on the program or this song on Purple Haze or this song. On. So I say, let's just focus on Purple Haze, and then next year, early next year, we'll come out with the program once that dies down. Is any of the themes from the original Purple Haze gonna be on the sequel? Like, is Mizzle gonna make a return? We was talking about all that. I don't know where Mizzle's at right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, a lot of people ask that too, but um. We on the music's a lot of music done. I worked till the end till this very last minute till mm. I have to turn it in. But uh, you know, a lot of people wanted skits on there and yeah. I'm like the classic camp skits, man. Come I don't think I was telling somebody about that was that a skit isn't nothing but a phone call to somebody. Those, <laughs> those wasn't really even skits. Those was real actual Those phone were all real phone Mizzle calls. was a real person though? Mizzle was a real person too. <laughs> all, that stuff, all that stuff was like not not really skits. Like These women were really cursing you out, Cam? Yeah. You, know crazy? you know what's crazy is that this girl, um, the girl who did the, she did a few different skits. They're not skits, but they all phone calls on the particular girl who said, um, <laughs> Something like a duck or a chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was another album after I think Crime Pays. I used the phone call and she's like, Y'all want fifteen hundred dollars? I'm like, yo, we've been doing this Calling for years. For splits. Yeah, yeah, for real. And then um I'm like, yo, I ain't been paying you. Come on, man. You know, this is crazy. So she ended up suing me behind oh, that. Oh, man. Wow. She really took it to court? You know, the personal got disconnected after a while. And once personal gets disconnected, then they start getting at me and I'm not her friend anymore, actually, after yeah. that. We stopped speaking. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff is really phone calls. Me, uh, not to be proud of it, but at that particular time, praying on females' emotions. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? But uh, You always kind of kept a comedic tone to some yeah, it was stuff, cool. Too. I was always important to have that with your stuff. Like, obviously, it's hardcore hip-hop, but... You always like took the time to kind of have something me, kind of funny and humorous. You know, I'm not saying I'm tough. I'm just saying tough people don't act tough all the time. Like, yeah. you can't... You can't um, you can't laugh when you're tough, or you can't you can't two step or dance or nothing like that because you're tough. To me, those are people are faking to be tough who act yeah. tough all the time. Tough people, They're not comfortable. yeah. Tough people don't act tough all the time. You can't laugh. You can't make a joke. You can't smile. That's that's not tough to me. Right. So I enjoy laughing. I like having fun. And when it's time to get down to business, we get down to business. But I think it's all entertainment, and you can't be put in a box like a lot of people stereotype you because they have this image of you yeah. and then they put you in this box. It's like, you know, growing up, if you ever see Minister Society, right, you're like, old dog, old dog, old dog. And then you go see Inkwell and you're like, yo, what is old dog doing? Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's getting chumped. Yeah, but it's, he's an actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many times a week that some people come up to me and say, yo, Rico, why you did that? To <laughs> yo, I understand why you did it. This Somebody came up to me actually in Miami one time. This was a couple of years ago. I was like, yo, I knew, I know what you had to do that last night. You know what I'm saying? They ain't going to play around with the fucking kilos and then don't tell you about it. Yo, so what? Nigga, you had to do what you had to do last night. I'm like, last night? Like, uh, but people take that seriously. And I'm yeah. like, you know, 
And I'm like, yeah, I wonder if like Denzel goes through that, like right, yeah. their training day, but they're not yeah. putting that box, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you talk about that with Painted Full, like you, you know, you was trying to be authentic. You even had a thing on you at the audition, but like now to do that movie, right? And obviously you thought it was quality, but like mm-hmm. to see it land the test of time, like that movie right. is still even to this day so impactful mm-hmm. to people, right? I just really gotta give thanks to Dame Dash for that, cause you know he um executive produced the movie. Yeah. He fought for me to get the part, cause um I believe Mayor Max wanted somebody else to do the mm-hmm. part. So, you know all the credit and and grace goes to him for allowing me to be in the movie. But all the classic lines were some of the ad libbed, like or was that stuff? Most that of the movie was ad libbed from yeah. my point of view, because mm-hmm. um at that particular time I was the only one still hanging out in Harlem every day. Yeah. We shot a lot of the movie in Canada. Um, Charles Stone's a great, great director, and um, he gave me a lot of leeway, so some of the lines were really corny, and um, yeah. I was like, so what we did, a, a lot of a lot of the movie, but I'll say my lines, and then we'll do another take, and then Charles will say, be like, say how you would say it if it was really you. So mm-hmm. I did the written lines, and then I improv lines as well. I think about that line in SDE when you always said, and I can't act, turn down three movies. Do you remember which movies those were? I didn't want to do Friday too. Like mm-hmm. I, they wanted. I wouldn't say I was gonna get the part, but like I think Sticky Fingers got that part when they was like in a dog truck or something <laughs> trying to find Ice Cube or whatever <laughs> it was. It was that part. It was another movie with Tom Hanks, and wow. wow, yeah. But it was like, and I'm a super big Tom Hanks fan. He's probably like one of my top two actors. But I think. Marlon or Damon, Marlon Wayne's got the part. I don't remember the name of the movie, but wow. it was like one of the worst movies Tom Hanks was in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying yeah, that bad because it. it's not a it's not a lot of bad Tom Hanks right. movies. Yeah, it's not a lot. Hanks. You know what I'm saying? About to kill this Mr. Rogers thing. I hear. Yeah, yeah, like so it's not a lot of bad movies, but this was probably one of the worst ones that he did. So I remember those were two movies that I read the script and I was like, yeah. I'm just not yeah. comfortable doing it. Yeah. It's like you know. I just shot a new movie called Is It a Crime yeah. um, when the process of editing and mixing right now. And I kind of stepped out my element to do that because any movie I, I was in, whether the movie percentage and, you know, of course, Killer Season, I shot like <laughs> regular shit, but paid in full. And people would be like, look at Cam getting away with acting like Cam. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like Ice Cube as well. You know, Ice Cube does a great job of surrounding himself with good actors, yeah. and he doesn't come too far out of his element. I mean, like Lottery or whatever it was, he played like an old man, but mm-hmm. he's still like in his other movies, he doesn't come, even if it's Barbershop, it's still like the Cube version of Barbershop. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to step out of element of just people being like, Cam, you just being yourself and trying to take on a diverse character. Right. Yeah. Yep. You stepped out of your element early this year, man. We saw you on that stage with Jay-Z. Yeah, the B-Side yeah. show. Yeah, it was like, cool. It was good money. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, like I, we had Jim on early. I said I was screaming like a 13-year-old girl, <laughs> man. I was like, why do you feel like that was a good time to squash the beef? I mean, tell the truth, it, it really wasn't never, like, real physical beef or anything like that. You know, when I was up at Rockefeller, I really believe my personal opinion and, you know, just not bringing up, stirring up a bunch of old dust or whatever, is that we came up there and because of my situation at Sony, Mm -hmm. we just started diplomats, um, I'm referring to, we came up there and started moving real quick because we got jerked around at Sony Mm -hmm. and we learned the business and when we got to Rockefeller, we, we already knew what we had to do. We know 
who's running radio, we know who's running promotion, we know who's head of marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, Def Jam's downstairs, we're going downstairs to speak to Kevin Lowes, to speak to uh, Kaiser, to speak to Lior, <laughs> to speak to Julie Greenwald. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying this how Jay-Z felt, but it felt like maybe because his other artists didn't do that. And it, it might have been wrong, too, on our part. We was jumping the gun. But without, you know, talking. aggressive with it. Yeah, trying aggressive. It yeah, trying yeah. to make it happen without yeah. talking to him. And, you know, yeah. Dame offered me the vice, the president job at Rockefeller without consulting with Jay-Z. So a lot of little emotions was going on with not just Jay-Z and myself, but, you know, you got a Brooklyn there, Philly there, yeah. Harlem there. There's a lot of different um, crews going, crews within crews. Mm. So basically, um, it didn't, it probably didn't mesh and we was moving a, a little too, I'm not going to say too fast. We did what we had to do because we came from a messed up situation. Yeah. Everybody wasn't on the same page, but no matter whether me and Jay-Z got along publicly or even in private, what I tell people is that me and him may not even been speaking, but when I had to do what I had to do, I had to get six signatures to do anything, which was uh, Leo Cohen, Julie Greenwald, Kevin Lowes, Biggs, Jay-Z, and Damon. Jay-Z signed off on anything, whether it was Diplomats or Jewels or anything that I did. So maybe we may have not been on the same page um, personally, but business-wise, he never helped me up from doing anything. Yeah. What was I, that, you put an IG post of a classic photo you guys used yeah. to. Well, this is even before records, like this history there. Yeah, well, you know, um, Dame and Jay Z grinded for a long time to get to where they had, where they was at. You know, they was trying to get record deals, and luckily for them, they didn't because it turned out to be beneficial on their part. But um, yeah, I mean, I remember Jay Z opening up for Method Man. It was, it was like, yeah, it was like Dame and Jay Z had these Lexuses and. Uh, and and I used to ride around with Dame and Bleak would ride around with Jay-Z. And I don't, I don't know if it was Penn State. It might have been Penn State. We drove out there, just us four, to open up one time for Method Man. And not me opening up. Jay-Z was opening up, and he had that one song with Bleak at the time, um, Coming of Age. So he did the song, whatever. But I was around them for a long time, well, before they even had any records going on. And uh, it was cool to see everybody come up like that. So the conversations prior to the show, even after, were just real simple, like... It, it wasn't really big conversations. Um, Jim called me. He said, um, Jay wants you to perform. I said, cool, it's not a problem. And that was that. Then uh, Juan called me with Jay-Z. We spoke for about three, four minutes. Uh, talked just to smooth everything out. We Everybody was cool. We ain't talking about no bullshit or nothing. And then um, we did the show. Then we spoke the next day for a minute, and that was that. Oh, yeah. yep. What is your memories of the song, Welcome to New York City? I think Jim was also saying that that was like one of his favorite sessions because, like, you know, you guys um, is cooking up. And, like, obviously everybody's got their pride as an MC. When that song came out, so I'm just telling you my attitude at that time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we was, like, coming up, we was going to baseline all the time. Yeah. And um, we was workhorses. We was, mm. we was, like, we wasn't wasting no studio time. It was two studios. If one wasn't being used, we going to use the other one. If neither one of them were being used, we going to use both of them. Mm. And a um, little bit of tension started to rise, a little bit, nothing crazy. But um, a little bit of tension started to rise just because I think how we was moving and coming in and going and everything yeah. else. So 
trying to remember exactly. Whatever happened, I'm trying, I can't remember exactly why it was tension. But the moral story is a little tension in there. So I came in the studio. I had did old boy already, I believe. And um, just, just Blaze, that is, he was like, yo, come in. I got a, a beat for you. And it was the New York City beat. <laughs> and so I was in there for about probably three, four minutes. And Jay walked in. He's like, yo, can I talk to you? So he's like, I'm like, what's up? So he's like, uh, you know, it seemed like it's a little tension around here. You know, I don't need to be tension. We all work. And I can't say verbatim what yeah. we mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yo, you know, it's tension. But, yo, we all here to work together, da, 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 da. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, come on. It's a song right here if that's okay. Yeah. Take action. Yeah. And then he's like, bet. So he went in there. And I'm be honest with you, I've never seen nobody do that shit because I write my rhymes down. He sat there, wrote the mother probably six minutes and did that verse. He wow. didn't know the beat was up. He didn't know nothing because, like I said, he just walked in so we could talk. And he sat there for about six minutes and did that verse in one tape. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> now, I was like, <laughs> so I had to write my shit fast, too. Yeah, 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 so I wrote yeah. my shit fast. And then we did the last verse, and it was... uh. It turned out to be a great song, but Absolutely. but yeah, I ain't gonna hold you. He said he came in and listened to our beat for about five, six minutes and went in the booth and did it in one take. And then uh I just had to do what I had to do real quick because yeah. I didn't want to be sitting there that long when he didn't even write his shit down. Yeah. And it wasn't like he had already, you know, sometimes niggas might be acting like they freestyling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he already had that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had it, but yeah. you're not gonna make up you can't, you can't have my name in the song and <laughs> talk about all these things pertaining yeah, yeah. to New York already written. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that was some dope shit he did. Yeah. Or, but the yeah. whole thing with baseline, people talk about that. Like look think of all that town and a young Kanye, a young right. Just Blaze. Like what right. that must have been a crazy like energy all the time there at that studio. It was too much competition, man. <laughs> Only two studios and you got to realize, I mean, Kanye came kind of later, but what you got to realize is that we wasn't wasting no time. We already yeah. got jerked. We felt the Sony. So yeah. we was there to be cordial and work with anybody, but we really had an agenda mm-hmm. as far as creating the diplomats. Yeah. Yeah. You, t- you keep mentioning the Sony thing, so that was a pivotal thing. Like, obviously, we know Big was one of the first to believe in you. You got went on. Like, right. Talk about that early transition, and then why do you think things went flat with Sony and things came to a halt. Mace introduced me to Big. Big passed away, ungave me the deal because Big wanted to sign me. Um, I put out the album. I don't really know the details of Un's deal, but, you know, it was presumed to be a pretty big deal Mm. and he only put out my album. Mm. Oh yeah, Charlie didn't come out, right? Yes, he never came out. That's deal all time next to Snoop. Right. Sony ended up dropping his label, mm. but in his contract, they were allowed to take whatever artist from his label that they wanted. Mm. So I ended up going to Epic by default. Mm. It was like, okay, un, you can have your label, but we're keeping Cam. Mm. So when I got to- Transition you to a new system. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. So when I got to Sony, it was real corporate. Dave McPherson was running the label and, you know, I'm, I don't think he was the biggest hip hop guy there, <laughs> but- um. I put out SDE, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a good feeling to put out SDE because not saying I didn't like Confessions of Fire, but what you got to realize is I'm signing with Biggie's man five, six, seven months after Biggie died. Mm. So I had to hear a lot and I had to hear a lot of, yo, Big would have did this, Big mm-hmm. would have did that. Big, and I'm like, I Let get me it. Me. Yeah, 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 but yeah. you know, it's big. So you, yeah. you try to listen and everything, but... It's like, I, I can't compare myself to Big. Big is big. I got to make 
my own way for Find myself. Your voice, yeah. yeah. So yeah. when I got the when I did SDE it was really great energy because I didn't have to mm. compromise my sound or mm. compromise what I wanted to do because that, I that's had to me literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I didn't have to do that because you know a lot of times not saying I didn't do songs on on um come home with me that I wanted to do definitely, but I had confessions to, you mean? Yeah. yeah pardon me. Confessions yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I had to compromise a lot of stuff to. Yeah. To make um, you know the label happy as well with SDI, SDE, I did my own thing. So when I got SDE, you know somebody up there at the at the label, a female who worked there, she liked me, she was cool, and she was just telling me how to, they was not promoting my project the the right way. You know, um, they wasn't you know spending money on Mark. The guy who's running marketing is on vacation on my budget. <laughs> yeah. Promotion department, I bought a new car. You know what I'm saying? Mark? Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Try to understand yeah. it. So, um, and so she, you feel like the album wasn't, it wasn't set up to win when you put it out. At right? all, not at yeah. all. When I started learning this, I was like, yo, I'm signed here for seven albums. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I only got six hours now, you know what I'm saying? So signed there for seven hours, which was a standard deal at that time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd look outcast. Everybody who was yeah. popping had seven album deals. So when I realized they wasn't doing the right thing and um I didn't want to be there anymore. And like I said, I knew Dame and Jay Z before they had a deal. Me and Dame had fell out over some son stupid. So I swallowed my pride, and because we haven't probably spoke for two years, I swallowed my pride and um, went and asked him for his help because that's my brother, yeah. whether we were speaking or not. Yeah. And um, he didn't even ponder on it. He's like, cool, because you know, at this time he's at his height and he had yeah. Distro at Rockefeller, I mean, with Def Jam, which is Rockefeller, yeah. I believe, at Electra at the time when Electra was still up, and it was another one. So he's like, yo, we could do this, we could do that, or whatever, but I'll help you. And um, I was coming up there before he got there, probably with like 40 niggas every day. <laughs> like putting pressure for real to wear, yeah. like real police detail up there every day. And I was like, yo, y'all playing my life right now. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got to let me out this deal. And um, it just got it more expensive to keep me. And Dame came up and he talked to Dave McPherson and they ended up letting me out. So that's how I got out of the Sony deal and went over to Rockefeller. I've always wanted to know, like from the early days, from Children of the Corn, from mm -hmm. Confessions of Fire to SDE, your flow. Mm -hmm. It was very, it was more like hurried. It was fast paced. Then we come to Come Home With Me, it changed up completely. Right. What brought about that change? A lot of stuff I say go over people's heads, you know what I'm saying? Like, you take a song, like, um, it depends on the artist too, like, hmm. I'm thinking, I can't remember the name of the song, but I did a song on Confessions. And to me, it just went over a lot of people's heads. Drugs? Not D Rugs. That was my shit. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate mine too. But it was, and then times changed too. You know, like I'm on my, what, next year will be my fourth decade. You know what I'm saying? Doing this. And it's a pleasure to still be relevant and people asking for my stuff and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But times change and you got to reinvent yourself. But at that particular time, if you looked, it was kind of early, late 90s, pardon me. That was kind of what was going on, whether it was DMX or Dragon or mm, yeah. anybody like that. And yeah. I just think that instead of, it was about rapping, you know, yeah. to where me, to me, I seen like Cash Money and No Limit and even even Rough Riders to the extent, I'm not saying 
putting out. I'm just telling you what I learned. Mm. And people like lifestyle. You know mm. what I'm saying? To me, more they can relate to lifestyle more than just being a lyricist. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to say this all the time, and I'm talking about within my crew. Like, and this is years ago because Jim done excelled as a super great rapper. I'm really mm-hmm. proud of him. Yeah. But it was a time when we used to, I used to have this make us practice on the tour bus. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to have this thing called the 5 o'clock showdown mm-hmm. to where I make everybody write rhymes every day. Really? At 5 o'clock, what was Jim, Jewels, J.R. Ryder, Hell I don't know if Hell Ryder was there, but everybody had to write rhymes. <laughs> wow. And J.R. Ryder was kind of one every day. <laughs> I told him to write rhymes. I didn't know he was going to write rhymes. Right, right, every day. So, But the point being is, and I'm not dissing J.R. or nothing like that, but Jim at that particular time, even now, Jim, Jim not dissing, like I said, there's no dissing right. or whatever. I'm yeah. just I'm talking about stuff we used to talk amongst each other. You would rather... JR may rap better than Jim or whatever, but you rather be like Jim. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You rather wear the cha- a, connection. a yeah. chain on a belt or a skull head when he did the skull heads or start going from baggy clothes to slimming clothes down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has a great image. And I always realized that about Jim even coming up because we used to run into, you know, we didn't always hang out in the beginning and we used to run into a lot of the same females we may have dealt with or whatever <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, his image was always A1, always fly, always got, you know, we used to battle on who would get sneakers first or whatever, whatever. But image means a lot to me more than the lyrics do. Mm. It's more of are you relating to what this artist is saying? Because some people put, you know, we used to have fights, um, and that's what made me kind of form diplomats when I was, I didn't even have a deal, but like people used to fight on my block on who's their favorite no limit soldier. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I like soldier slim. Nah, Mia X is dope. She chubby, but she she killing it. Nah, man, mystical is down with them now. Nah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Snoop's down. Yeah, now. you know, Snoop, yeah. see murders really caught a body. And those was real arguments that we had in my neighborhood. And I was like, yo, if I could form something like that, it don't matter who likes who the most. Mm-hmm. If you all on the same team, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a win for everybody because somebody may be like, I don't like him, I fuck with Jim. But somebody mm. be like, I don't fuck with Jim, I like Jewel's. Yeah. And, and all the way around the board, but I got that from mm. real arguments in my neighborhood over no limit. Enough on that, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So switching the flow is just more of a lifestyle thing, just the evolution of yours. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Then on top of that, not just switching the flow, you, you can't be the same forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you sit there, if, and I don't know... Um, your audience, viewer, the age, but you know Jay-Z used to rap fast like Twister, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I remember he came to my block and battled Big L with that same style, da-da-da, And um, yeah, I was out there, but um, you gotta reinvent yourself, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you have the same flow all the time, you 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 could and try to sustain, but it's not a lot of people sustain that long, like, for instance, I, I'm trying to think. Like, you may have, of course, you got you got Kiss in the Locks. I'm talking about on a high level. Yeah. You got Jay Z, Kanye even came out later. How many people last 20 years? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You may have a good single, good runner. Little Wayne, of course. Little Wayne came out before me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's rapping since he was fucking 14 years old. I remember, <laughs> like I said, even after No Limit, watching yeah. Cash Money, but um. 
yeah, you know, Little Wayne don't sound like when Little yeah, Wayne started. Yeah, you know what I'm that's saying? True. So everybody got to reinvent themselves once in a while. It's interesting talking about making people making the crew write rhymes at five because I always felt like that whenever y'all did radio freestyles, like you always had you always had bars. Like it yeah. was like mm-hmm. you always do. These guys mm-hmm. were ready to go. Yeah, I mean, even now, it's this it's pre-internet I'm talking about, but I always knew content is king. Mm-hmm. If you always if you feed content. It, people gonna love you it's about consistency like I say that about Plies as well too like Plies he um he got hot cause he put out three albums in 18 months you know he, I don't know the last time he put an album out but he always got a funny single yeah, a cool yeah, single yeah, yeah. Some dude. but you know I, I you know, I had a crib in Florida so I heard a lot of Plies when I was in <laughs> Florida but that guy and with the Atlantic system backing him at the time Three three albums at eighteen months is a lot, and even if he has gaps now, that's kind of to to me what made people pay attention to him is when you work and, and when it's decent work or good work, people pay attention to that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So even like with mixtapes, we was the first group to ever do a mixtape that without wasn't the DJ, without right? it, that yeah. w- that wasn't on a that wasn't a DJ. Of course, you had like DJ Clue and K Slay and. Ron G and Duop and a whole bunch of others, SNS, a bunch of, if I forgot somebody, sorry, but... Um, I always get into arguments. Was it you or 51st or 50 Cent is the future or Diplomats Volume 1? Nah, we was first. You was first? Yeah, okay. we was definitely first, 100%. G-Unit came out after we came out, but it was like a big um, magazine that came out, I believe it was the Fez magazine. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it was Fez or Don Diva, but it was a picture of all like Alpo and Rich Porter and all these people with furs and Jack, and it was like a big, big deal for that magazine. Magazine. And I'm yeah. like, like, I'm like, we got the furs in the closet right now. You know what I'm saying? We got all the lovers, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I said, we you looked through every mixtape, we was on everybody's mixtape, and we was cool. K Slade was heating up at the time, and I'm like, yo, let's just do our own mixtape, get K Slade to host it, pull the furs out. Whoever ain't got their own fur, I'm gonna put a fur in your back. <laughs> and we're gonna take a picture. Put a fur in your back. Yeah. I ain't never put a fur in your back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Some money in my pocket, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's better. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's how we did it, though. Why was it important to put out that that, that artist tape at that time? Why did you know that that was the right move to take control of it? It's kind of changed. I mean, you pretty much revolutionized and changed the mixtape game. Yeah, absolutely. I got to Rockefeller, and they wasn't accepting the team yet. You know, and I, I get mm. I get that because Damon's like, Cam, you just got here. I'm not like, yeah. yo, I'm telling you, my man, Jewel. He's like, yo, calm you down. You thought Jewel's was ready. Yeah, yeah he yeah, was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. And he's like, yo, I'm telling you. And then you're like, Cam, calm down. You've been two minutes. You ain't been here that long. Right. And I was like, yo, listen, man, I'm telling you, I got a little team. And he's like, yo, just relax. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I started putting mixtapes out. Yep. Then he get mad at me for putting mixtapes yeah. out. They was like, you wasting all this money, man. You could be getting money from all these songs. So... I was telling them, I'm like, look, we about to start busting moves. Um, <laughs> you want you want to mess with Jewels or you don't? Yeah. Is that the reason why Jewels was featured so heavily on Come Home with Me? Yeah, if you look, my plan was just to make Jewels a superstar, and I don't even have to rap that much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, like I, I I love rapping, I don't, but my my dream, you know, I got jealous one time, not jealous, but. I want it, I want it, you know, sometimes when you, you can't turn off celebrity mm. when you want to. You know? And I remember being at, not jealous isn't the right word, but I was at a movie theater one time and and um all these people coming up to me and speaking, <laughs> da, da, da. And it's cool, you know, that's like, I, I, 
I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have to have to be regret about anything because if that's my job was waking up, kissing babies, taking pictures, hugging, and don't got to sit in traffic, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But so many people was coming up to me and everything, and I see Kevin Lyles mm. in the movie theater, you know, at the time. You know, I was a, I was on Def Jam at the time. And I'm like, Kev, what's up? And they like, so many people like, Kim, yo, I, I want to get on, I want to get on. And I'm like, yo, this is the dude who put me on. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yo, don't do that, Kim, don't do that. Yo, chill, don't do that. And I'm like, dad, you making more money than all of us, yeah. but you still can walk around yeah. and nobody know who the hell you are. So I was like, I'm going to make everybody I mess with celebrities, I'm going to try to anyway. Mm-hmm. And fading the back, and trying, and trying uh, try to uh, just make money, and don't necessarily have to be in the spotlight all the time. If you look, Joel's on my first two singles, on uh, on Come Home with Me. Yep. He has the singles on the Diplomat album, mm-hmm. on Volume One and Two. We gave him both the singles. All this stuff I could have did by myself, Absolutely. but I was just trying to push him to make him a superstar. I always felt like that. Maybe Cam's more excited about the business, like because obviously you had those bad experiences. Then once you yeah. learned the business and, and got hot and got that leverage, yeah. you really like yeah, corporate I mean, thugged it out and, and yeah. Because when you learn, you know, when you first get a deal, and back then you're like, oh, I got a record deal. It was almost like impossible to get a record <laughs> deal. You know what I'm saying? So when you end up getting a deal, is really I don't care. I remember. My business manager at the time was like, Cam, do not give up 50% of your publisher. And I'm 20 years old at the time, like, but they was giving me, I don't even know, it was a super low number, probably like 100,000 or something like that for my 50% of my publishing, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yo, I need a car when I go back uptown, man. I can't be having no deal with no car. You know what I'm saying? It don't even make no sense. You don't get it. You know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, Kim, you don't get it. You, this is where you eat. I'm like, look, I don't want to hear all that right yeah. now. I need this Benz, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm going uptown and get this. But I can't go back to my block to him. I got a record deal and don't got the new whatever year it was, yeah, Benz. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So going forward and I'm like I'm like damn this thing was right man <laughs> I had to fight to get my publishing back yeah. but I end up getting it back eventually anyway but you used to remember time bragging about you like we you know these business execs back then it with faceless but you used to mention Lior, Kevin Lyles, right. Joey Aie, L.A. Reid, Todd Moskowitz, Donnie like, Eimer right. making all these making all these different deals at one right. time what was that right. like was that the, was that the most exciting time when it was like you really was like in command and um, able to make all these different revenue streams with different labels it's always good when you can make some money but um it was more about taking advantage of being hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I was saying. Like, but I, I think that's what I was about to say when we was talking about. Um, I was telling Dame I'm about to start moving. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't. Not saying he didn't want to. He didn't think it was time. So I went downstairs. I can't remember. If Def Jam was downstairs or upstairs from us. You know, we went in Rockefeller. It was two walk-in closets, big, full of junk and everything, <laughs> with two cubicles in front of them. And I made people come clean them out, uh, or the closets, put desk in there, office, I mean, um, desk chairs. It was late, because people would leave the office about seven. We stay late. We find an electrical dude. Yo, put some phones in here. This us here. <laughs> we had two offices, and then people like State Property or even other Brooklyn dudes, not dissing them or nothing. They just couldn't believe it. Like, how Cam get an office? They was mad mm. that we had offices and cubicles and mm-hmm. all that. I'm like, nobody gave us this. We just, right. we just basically right. took this and finagled right. our way. Well, I don't even know how we got the electrical dude to put phones in there. We got four phone lines clicking. We don't hire interns. You know, I used to I used to hire people um, who had 
college degrees in music and have them work for me because I found this so entertaining that I had a GED. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it was like these big music music Four-year degree. Yeah. yeah, whatever. And I'm like, look what you went to okay. all this school to come <laughs> here and work for me. Right. And then they'll make dollars for yeah, jewels. Yeah, exactly. And they'll be like, yo, well, Cam, if you get these amount of points and then the, this, I said, what's points? Mm. And they'll be like, well, the points is, I'm like, what is it? Can we take points to the bank? Why don't you just tell me the number on money? I don't play points and all that. You know what I'm saying? I need a dollar amount. Right. I don't play all that. Yo, well, 14 points off the door. Look, is that $14 out of 100? All right, cool. Then say dollars because I, I can't cash that. I can't pay my bills with points. I need to speak regular English when it comes to certain things. And I was very transparent. Like, you know, I was in a deposition one time. Um... Somebody's trying to sue me. And, you know, when you're in a deposition, I don't know if y'all ever been in one. Mm -hmm. It's like seven lawyers in front of you. And the first lawyer is like, and this kind of don't have nothing to do. I'm just telling you mm -hmm. how I am. Yo, Cameron, uh, Cameron Giles, on, therefore, um, section C, paragraph two, section five, you with it. Yo, y'all you, don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't, when you start with therefore, I already know you're about to get to some bullshit. <laughs> no, we just wondering. If you was there at two o'clock, oh, was I there at two o'clock? Yeah. No, I wasn't there. Next lawyer, um, considering the fact of here and after, <laughs> da, 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 yo, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Did you sign the paper? Oh, did I sign the paper? Yeah, I signed the paper. Mm -hmm. Cool. Next lawyer, da 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 da. I don't simple. know what you. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Got to the next lawyer. They said I kept dating them. And then you know what they said? <laughs> they said. Ken, we've been lawyers so long, we forgot how to talk regular. Wow. And I, was, and I was like, well, you don't have to talk regular because I'm going to stop you every time. A lot of people are scared to ask questions when they don't know what somebody's saying. Mm. And I'll stop you because they're scared that they'll look stupid or whatever the yeah. case may be. I have no problem asking you a question if I don't understand what you're saying or what you're talking about. Right. So I'd stop you dead in your tracks and be like, I don't understand. Explain to me like I'm a three-year-old. But... um. Basically, that's how I take my attitude everywhere. So back to the story. I'm telling Dame I'm about to start moving. I'm trying to get Juels signed. Kevin Lyles loved Juels. He's like, we ain't going to do it yet. I took the project, Diplomat Project, to Kevin Lyles. He wanted to sign a Diplomat Project and Juels. So I was like, bet. I go upstairs, tell Dame. I'm like, I waited until it got more solidified. Dame goes crazy, flips out, goes there yelling at Kevin. You motherfucker, how the fuck you gonna sign this? And I'm like, yo, 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 no, 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 no. That's my paper. We not, we not doing this, Dame. Nah, he doing this on purpose because if I would've went and asked him for the deal, he would've said no. But of course it's you, he just trying to get me mad. I'm like, why well, he just can't like the artist right. or whatever. He's like, nah, we doing the deal, but they gotta go through Rockefeller. I say, yo, bro, I came to you with yeah. this first. Yeah. Anyway, we all worked it out to where Diplomats <laughs> and Jewels and everybody was underneath uh, Diplomat Rockefeller Def yeah. Jam. And, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, basically, I just took advantage of the opportunities while I had the opportunity to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, I have a question, Cam. Yeah. Back to the B side show. Um, right. Nas was on the bill as well. Right. And I saw there was a picture with you and him, right. you know, a couple of years ago. How did y'all reconcile that relationship? I was in the airport in Las Vegas. We was actually on a flight together. And I was in the airport in Las Vegas. And um, at my back turn, he came in, hit me in the ribs, just playing around. I turned around and he's like, what's up? He's like, nah, what's up, man? And we just talked. Wow. We ain't talking about no beef, no problems, no nothing. We got on the plane and we rode from Vegas to New York. And we got off the plane. I'm like, you know what? 
Come take this picture because nobody going to believe it. Right? <laughs> put this on my grand real yeah. quick. So we took the picture. And that was it. To be wow. honest, we exchanged numbers. We never really spoke after that. But um, yeah, we was in the airport and he came up and gave me a five and we talked for two minutes and got on our flight and came back. But it is crazy that one of the, probably one of the most classic Dipset records, I really mean it, came out of the session of the differences at the time. You tell people what not, because he did free songs that night, right? Probably so. <laughs> you know, like to be honest, that was really one of the toughest things I had to do, to be honest, you know what I mean? Hmm. Because. I'm a Nas fan, man. Real big yeah. time. Really? No, I remember you. I remember you giving him a lot of respect. No, I do remember that early yeah. on. Yeah, because yeah, I'm saying those disses at the time were right. like really. Yeah, nah. No, I'm but a, I think it comes across. Jim, Jim also. Yeah, so like right. you have to check him, but like you guys were fans of him. I'm super Nas fan. I used to, you know, nobody really knew about Nas when he first came out because I was, you know, I'm like the real hip hop junkie as well yeah. as trying to get money when I was young. You know, my cousin Bloodshed, God bless that, he was yeah. big, big on hip hop. So you know, we had a lot of tapes and stuff, but um, I was a, I'm a real big Nas fan. Like what happened was, um, Nas just dissed me for no reason, you know. I didn't, and it was a really tough decision to make, but it was like one of those decisions where it's like, Dag, we about to pop off, and you know, this ain't like today. It was like, damn, you gotta say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, else we gonna look whack, and it was like, damn, this is Nas though, so we can't go. No, we can't go like it's Nas, you know, at that particular time. And even now, it's still a debate for whoever people think is the best MC. But, you know, right to us, Nas was the best MC at that particular time. It was like, dag, man, what did he diss us for? We didn't even do nothing to (laughs) He's more mad at Hot 97. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's getting a lot of radio play and a lot of of, um, support at the time. time, I guess whatever they did to him is summer jam. I don't even remember exactly yeah. what happened, but like Kim is whacking. I'm like, oh, what the fuck I did to you, man? I didn't even do nothing. So I was like, you know. Well, but but from, it was at summer jam, you guys went straight to the studio, right? Yeah, because he was supposed to perform and yeah, he didn't, and, and then they let us perform. Yeah. And then, yeah, we went to the studio because we was on tour too. We went back to tour after that. And, um, but we just had the. It was one of those situations where at that particular era, it was like, look, this is Nas. We can't just do one song because he could come back with another song and kind of kill everything. You know what I'm saying? So let's just bombard the situation. You know what I'm saying? And put it on a mixtape. Yeah. So, but that was the only way we felt that we could handle it because Nas is, was such a legend at that particular time. Do you feel like you crossed the line? Because... Beef now is different. Yeah. I mean, at that particular time, I probably didn't. It's some things that I found about afterwards that I probably wouldn't have said if I knew. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Do I regret it? Yeah, because I didn't want to go that far. But at that particular time in my mindset and the niggas I was running around with, they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Luca Brazzi yeah, said go. Yeah, nah, them, them niggas. Be straight off yeah, your head. Because nah, we was on the... It was like he was on the rise. Yeah. It was like, yo, he's not gonna stop our movement. It was like, yo, the money's the money is a is where this cameraman is at, and, <laughs> and nobody's gonna come in between it. You know what I'm saying? Right. We, I told you we just got jerked to Sony. Yeah, on yeah. um, his deal. Makes sense. We see this money right there, and a Close. monkey wrench comes in between it. Nah, we can't. Nothing's gonna come in between this money, like. You know, like, you know, even, and I'm so happy. I knew I knew basically somebody, um, my man Tone from Queens at that time. We haven't spoken in a while, but 
he he knew a few dudes from Queens and he seen how we was riding around at that time. He like, Cam, let me put this shit to bed because mm-hmm. I'm be honest with you. I seen an interview and I apologize to his baby mom to, and his daughter because you know that was just ignorant shit. But it was just no other way to handle it at the time. And I remember she was like. She was. She said in an interview, I don't know who it was. She's like, niggas were gonna do this to Cam at that time, da da da. And I was like, no, he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Not at yeah. that. Not saying that they ain't have a tough crew. Yeah. But yo, my, I was yo, I was fucking with some hungry, 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 hungry people at that time. Mm. And like I said, I, I apologize to her and her daughter. And now as a daughter, I was totally out of line and totally wrong. But. We was just on a mission at that particular time to um, try and get to the bag, you know what I'm saying? And I had so many people with me because you got to realize, you know, Big L had died. Mace had left. Mm. I had basically Harlem on my back. I was basically the savior for fucking whole whole (coughs) borough, you know what I'm saying? So I had a lot of people willing to do whatever for me. And that's probably part of the reason why I went so hard as well, you know what I'm saying? Because... It was so many people like, Cam, you can't let niggas do this to us. You can't let niggas do that to us. And do what you want to do because I got your back. And mm. So at that particular time, you know, I was running around the streets really, really strong and reckless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I even caught, I caught my gun case in 2002. And to be honest, I'm happy I got caught when I got caught because we was, our mindset thought we was above the world. Mm. When the, when once the money yeah. start coming in yeah. and then the fame too and we already... It, is you start thinking you're above the law, right. you know what I'm saying? So do you think that also led to some of the tension and Dipset at the time, and then Jim's emergence, and it seemed like then you got low, right? Like you mean in between once, beef within the crew? Yeah, once, 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 once the movement got big and the money's in, everybody's making different money now, and it's like, well, that's years later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's years down the line. But you know, as far as with me and Jim, it's a lot of things that I could have done differently behind the scenes that may have been said and not said on both of our part. You know what I'm saying? Jim's attitude is he, not just music, he had to fight for whatever he got. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Whether it's a car. I remember I bought a new car. He, The Benz I was telling you about, I had a car, brand new car for three days. Jim went and got an Acura. I don't even know how he got it. You know what (laughs) I'm saying? He didn't want me to have a car and he didn't have a car. You know what I'm saying? But um, that was my man from top to bottom and we all said shit that we shouldn't have said, yeah. but uh, all that come with it. If nobody, everybody would be lying if they say that they're not a little bit victim of the limelight. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And nobody, nobody's above yeah. feeling good and wanting limelight once in a while. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Kevin Lyles did. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But even now, Kevin Lyles has an Instagram. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or whatever. It's a different time. You got Jim out of 5H, man. Yeah, well, he he helped get himself yeah. out as well. You know what I'm saying? One thing about Jim, Jim probably works harder than anybody I know. You know, if you look at his Instagram or anything, he's always got son. He got a soda or he got <laughs> weed or a phone or anything. Jim goes hard. He really works hard. So anything Jim gets, is you can't ever say he's lazy. Right. Can't, can't accuse him of that. You mentioned uh, Mace earlier. Like, are you guys in a better place nowadays? I haven't spoke to Mace. You okay. know what I'm saying? So I don't have a problem with him. You know, that last situation was more music or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'd be if we see each other, but I don't really have a problem like yeah. that. But it was all music. I thought what he did was cute. 
<laughs> nah, for real, it's about time we fight back. But oh yeah, yeah, they thought he might have got you in that battle or yeah, something. Yeah, people, a lot of people say that, but I've been riding on Mace for years, so <laughs> he probably woke him up. Yeah, probably, yeah, that was dope, though. Probably he got his spine back, got a little backbone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you always you give to hip hop, Cam. We yeah, always do, no, man. No, it's it's part of the game, yo. Yo, listen, you can't take the attitude that I have and expect stuff not to come back your way. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. If you're a boxer, you're going to get hit. You know, it's about hitting back after that. You know what I'm saying? So, hit Bill O'Reilly kind of hard, too, once upon a time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was all fun. I didn't even know who Bill O'Reilly was at that particular time. <laughs> I remember... Um, classic I, Cam moments. It's like classic yeah. Cam songs and it's classic yeah, Cam moments. Yeah, I remember moments, my, right? my publicist at Rockefeller was like that I'm... Yo, you gotta go to Bill Rodney, like, yo, be careful, this guy's so and so so and so. Yo, seriously, but I didn't know who he was. And then Dame, like, people out there, like, you're gonna Bill O'Reilly tonight? No, I'm going back, I'm going with you. Because I guess he went on there before and they kind of censored him to what he wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of his revenge. So mm. I already went in there with the attitude of everybody telling me, Cam, be careful, Cam. And I'm yeah. like, Yo, I don't, is nobody, if we gonna get into verbal sparring, I'm down for whatever. I'm right. cool with that. Nobody's gonna out talk me. That's never gonna happen. But I seen how aggressive Dame was, so I kind of felt off, fed off Dame's energy because Dame had went up there before, and I don't know, I never seen it, but the to, to way Dame's attitude was, he didn't get his shit off the way that he yeah, wanted yeah, to get yeah. his shit yeah, off. Yeah. And this was his opportunity to get back. So I more was playing Robin the Batman yeah. on that particular episode. Yeah. He was like a current affair. I, current you, doggy. I got yeah. dirty, you doggy. Yeah, because they was they was telling me shit at the office. Like, yo, he started his career telling So I was just like more laughing because to me, I don't care who you are, I'm gonna get at you. We're gonna take that yeah. type of stance. But yeah. so they was, you know, all the marketing, promotion, the publisher was telling me, be careful, be careful. I'm like, but I thought it was funny. So that's why when I went up there, off the back, I'm going off what they told me. So I'm like, I'm coming up here with my own energy off the back. Another classic, you, snitching is the big talk this year. Yeah. Yeah. 60 Minutes, you made it clear that the serial killers in apartment 4E that's see, not Cam's they, problem. See, what they did was 60 <laughs> Minutes also, they edited out what they wanted to edit out. Mm, okay. the, what I told them was, you know, they made it seem, the way they edited it too, I said, look, it's not my job yeah. to do your job. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then what they also didn't put out, but they also didn't put is, see, what people don't realize in telling, right, is what if telling doesn't work and then you got to go back to the environment mm. on the person you told on didn't get convicted and live in the same building block neighborhood whatever with the person you pointing the, the finger shit, on family everybody yeah and now yep, everybody yep. on the block is like you're a snitch there's out of jail you got to look at them your family's around it's just a dangerous situation because telling doesn't mean that you're going to get a conviction mm-hmm. so you put your, that. It's yeah. not guaranteed just yeah. because you go tell that you're going to get a conviction. Then they didn't put the part when I was like the blue shield of silence. Police mm. do, and this is going on now, let alone mm-hmm. back when I did that interview. Mm-hmm. Police do a lot of dirt. And me and you partners, yeah, you slap somebody up, do some foul shit. And they question me about it. I'm going to say you ain't do nothing. The guy tried to attack you ever because it's the blue shield of silence. Right. But 
that's that's not snitching in the mm. police force. You mm. know what I'm saying? So it, it's a lot they of stuff. By that code, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they live by yeah. that code. And they, a lot of stuff they didn't put in that interview. Mm-hmm. They just that's tried to make me seem like, oh, I'm moving. Mm-hmm. If a serial, they they edited a lot out, but it's cool. One fun one, uh, uh, the Rap City freestyle. You mm-hmm. counting the money? I love that. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's a whole new generation, right? That just is. But what are, you, what are your memories of that? Were you really counting money? Like, you remember how much you had on you? I'm saying it. how do how do you rap and count money at the same time, man? You gotta think of stuff to stand out. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta realize, like we wasn't there from the beginning of the basement. Like so many people rapped in the basement. Mm. What are you gonna do to make your time in the basement memorable? Mm. You know, it was a bunch of people that came before and after me that rapped in the basement, but. You remember that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think it's the most famous. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably the most famous Rap City Freestyle. Nah, I appreciate it because yeah. it's a memorable moment. I think it's, 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 it's transferred to the new generation. Right. They embrace it. They right, absolutely. It. Yeah. 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 Cam, I was thinking about uh, the last Diplomat album, and you know, on the intro, you seemed like you had some words for Kanye West. Like, yeah. you go kind of hard on Kanye in the last couple of joints. Are you going to Sunday service, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> What I even with Mace, right? And Kanye or whatever. I don't ever really go hard to tell the truth. I just be saying what happened. Right. And then people are like, oh, he dissed them. He di-. I never dissed nobody. I've facts. never dissed these people. I just really be saying what happened. And because you state what happens, it's like, oh, he dissed them or he went hard on them or whatever. But I don't know what I said. They called him true. Uncle Tom or something like that. Uh, I don't remember, but if, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I didn't. Right. But I'm just saying because um, I wrote it on the spot, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. just fit the beat. But I remember, and like I said, Kanye's my man. I, I got love for Kanye mm-hmm. too. But I remember something happened, and Dane was saying like, "Now nah, he does this because he's bipolar." And I'm like, "Yo, what you talking about? Like, yo, we knew Kanye for mad years, mm-hmm. and now he's bipolar." So. <laughs> <laughs> What's not saying he's not? Yeah. I just never knew this. So yeah. I kind of wrote about that mm-hmm. in that verse or whatever the case is. But I remember Dame telling me that like probably a few days before I wrote the verse. And I'm like, yo, bro, I didn't know this, man. So it was kind of like it was kind of right. new news to me. But whatever it is, I really feel that I got to listen to it again because a lot of stuff I wrote on the spot and I keep it pushing. But I'm pretty sure whatever I said was some facts that was going on. Mm. I remember the bipolar part because Damon told me that shit and he was kind of trying to make an excuse for some shit. I don't remember yeah. what it was. But I don't necessarily, maybe Nas, because I didn't really have a lot of facts on Nas, and like I said. But anything like people I know and I feel that they didn't do the right thing and didn't do something right, I just state what happened. Guess it still could be this if you want to call it this. I call it, I call it I'll be saying it's the facts. And we're gonna get some facts on this purple haze too, right? Absolutely, man. 100%. <laughs> what man. should we expect? Anything you can reveal about it? It's tough, man. <laughs> you got too it's, many records? It's tough. Who do you rely on like in, in that process of picking songs? Do you, do you trust anybody else's judgment on uh, yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. yo, I'll be around niggas who tell me, like, that shit is trash, Cam, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Females, too. Like, I, I, it isn't just one person. I play shit. A lot of times, it's a lot of DJs in the hood that I play for, too, because, you know, DJs got good ears because they got a DJ yeah. parties or yeah. whatever, so... I play for a few DJs in the hood that do a lot of sports bars and that's been consistent for years that people fuck with. Uh, I play for some females, check their attitude out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, 
at the end of the day, I definitely got to pe- keep people around me who's going to tell me the, what's real and right. what's not real because if not, then you're just fooling yourself. You may put some bullshit out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yep. You're saying so, that having the having six hours, 20 years. How do you look at your, you know, as people draw around these MC lists now and stuff like that, how do you view your legacy and the legacy of Dipset? Like, what do you think you you've your contribution has been to hip-hop? Like, how do you define your place in the game and what you've accomplished? I think a lot of people fuck with us because we came right before, like, the internet era, right mm-hmm. then. Well, I'm talking about Dipset anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so as kids are getting older, they're doing all, all the shit that we would did before Instagram or Twitter or, mm-hmm. and, you know, money, pulling <laughs> money out on the gram or pulling guns out on the <laughs> gram or pulling jewelry out. Like, if you go to YouTube on Smack DVDs, we's doing all that shit. You know Max. what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So I think that they adapted to it because we're this... We were the generation right before this generation that's out now. And like I said, just still being asked for and people want to fuck with Dipset. People have Dipset tattoos and mm-hmm. Diplomat. Yeah. I think it's, and I'm not saying our logo is more famous or maybe just as famous, but it's our logo and the Wu-Tang logo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People identify those logos. Yeah. You know, it's a bunch of artists that use the Diplomat logo and put their stuff in it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Whatever their label is or their name or whatever. And I appreciate all that love. You know what I'm saying? But, um, as far as legacy, I just think, me personally, I just think it ended kind of early. Not saying it ended because mm-hmm. we always brothers and mm-hmm. always going to meet up. But our fight in each other ended what could have been a longer run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you think it was more about the, the movement you built and you looking at for your own loan situation you, you, you as a person as an artist? Say, you think that? it's kind of wrapped into building the, building the bigger unit? Or do you look at yourself uh, as Cameron like, as a separate entity? Uh, um, well, I came in by myself, but I don't think one person's above the group. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People love the group. Yeah. And like I was saying, um, I didn't do nothing. You know, a lot of people give me credit and everything. I didn't do nothing that I didn't watch people do before me. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, whether it's Rockefeller, whether it's Rough Riders, whether it's Murder, Inc., whether it's Cash Money, whether it's No Limit. I watched all these people assemble their crew, and I love. I've seen people fall in love with movements. Yeah. And um, I thought we had the lane wide open for that. Mm. And I took advantage of it. Can we talk about those real bottle wars of Big Meech? You talked about the pity <laughs> yeah. of someone that Jim Jones yeah. Al Capo? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a party one time in Miami, and they was, like, spilling drinks. Nobody knew who BMF was. Mm. They were spilling, like, drinks over the top of the rear, the rail. And... I was underneath for whatever balcony it was, but Jim was getting wet. <laughs> Jim and somebody else were getting wet. And they got they were like, yo, stop fucking throwing shit. They didn't give a fuck. They kept throwing shit. So Jim went up there with some other people <laughs> and somebody from there and got cut. Mm. So allegedly. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, allegedly, right? So we had a show the next day and I'm doing my show. And I'm looking in the crowd. The crowd's moving. It's cool. And they some a lot of people in the crowd holding up some black mafia family f- towels, <laughs> <laughs> holding up towels and shit. That meets man. It's a lot of them. So the show was over. It was cool. So we're chilling. I think it's in front of Royal Palm, and um, 
we chilling in front of there. So now like 10 people. I don't know if you ever been to Royal Palms, like a long driveway in Miami or whatever. So we're kind of like spread out, but the avenue's like right here. So we're chilling all spread out. And um, 10 people come like to the avenue. All right. 20 <laughs> people come to the avenue. <laughs> 30 people come Ooh. to the avenue. It's like about... 14, it was a lot of people outside. It was like 14 of us, but there's other people, girls, everything out there. Now they got like 40 niggas over here. I don't know who these niggas are. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And they just looking. They start pulling guns out oh, wow. and pipes, and they was trying to get Jim. <laughs> so they ran towards Jim. I seen the police run. The police ducked under the car. <laughs> <laughs> a few of my niggas ran. I was with, with, with one of my niggas. I don't want to say name. I said, "Yo, just shoot if niggas come this way." <laughs> I was like, "I don't know what the fuck is going on." Yeah. And my man's like, "Bet." But they ran past me. I didn't know where they was going. I mm -hmm. guess they was trying to get Jim. Jim had went to Royal Palm. Then they walked past me. It's like, "Yo, tell your niggas get together." I'm like, "Who the fuck are y'all?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word, I didn't even know who it was. So. Friend of mine told me who they was, and um, we we sat down and squashed it, <laughs> and they was mad at Jim still. So Jim, Jim had a show in Atlanta maybe two months after that. Oh man, Jim went down there I think with two people to the club, and he, when he got there, they respected him for going by himself. Right. He's like, nah, we gotta fuck with you if you gonna come down here yeah. by yourself, and then. He ended up being cool with Exalted Blue Jen, and yeah. Meech and everybody else because they was like, this nigga got to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> he going to come down here by himself <laughs> and don't give a fuck. Right. And then, um, you know, they ended up coming to New York. And I remember, um, you know, and like I said, we already got cool with yeah. them or whatever. But I remember them coming to New York and there was a club called Club Show at the time. Mm. And uh, I went in there. Cristal was real popular at the time. So I went in there. I was like, give me 10 bottles of Cristal. And there's like BMF ordered all the Cristal for the night. I said, what the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> all the Cristal, they said they, they ordered all the Cristal. I said, they not even here. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, they wasn't here. they they coming, they pre-ordered them. Yo, they, they pre-ordered all the Cristal for the night? All right. <laughs> so it was another club called Eugene's. Now I went and pre-ordered all the Christmas the next night, you know what right. I'm saying? Or whatever day was the next time, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I ain't know niggas could call ahead of time and pre-order the fucking all the crystals. So I did that shit another night to them, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, it was cool shit. It wasn't no real okay. shit like that, but it was more, you know, buying bottles. But yeah, they was the first niggas to pre-order all pre-orders champagne cristal anyway we had to drink they didn't have more way we had to end up drinking vu clico that <laughs> night because they ordered all the cristal so i went and did that same shit at another club before they got there gotcha yeah, that's at the tone got some fan questions though can yeah what did you mean in sde when you told uh i think it was that's me when you said like to my nigga duke 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 the god i assume we all make mistakes I don't know, whatever be going on at the time, sometime I just be writing whatever happens right. at the time, you know what I'm saying? So uh, me and Duke, we probably was arguing oh, at okay. the time, maybe so, <laughs> or whatever. It's funny because, you know, Duke is like, uh, was real cool with Bloodshed, my my right. cousin who passed away. I, I, I got cool with Duke through Bloodshed. 
And, you know, me and Duke used to always have these little arguments and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing crazy but little arguments and shit. And I remember... After Blood died, I wasn't speaking to Duke. I'm like, I don't even know you like that, bro. You know, that's <laughs> cool with you. Cause he's like, no, you have to speak to me. This is because Duke is a little yeah. crazy, but you have to speak to me. Blood, when I say, yo, bro, I don't, yo, I'm, I'm not going to let you not speak to me. You have to speak to me. It's just mandatory that we're going to be friends. Blood would not want us not to be friends. I'm like, yo, this nigga's All right, crazy, man, right? Cool, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this nigga's crazy, man. I got to fuck with him, but I don't remember exactly. I know okay. the line you're talking yeah, yeah, about, yeah. but. Whatever probably we and him was going through at the time, but uh, I can't remember. Did exactly. you do the Do It Again session uh, with Destiny's Child? Was y'all together when y'all did that? Oh, man, let me tell you something. About <laughs> Camp got to go. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm fi- <laughs> oh, I waited no, 15 years for this. I wasn't signed for that. I'm going to tell you a story, man. <laughs> this crazy, bro. Crazy, man. Jim <laughs> trades to this. Wow. So I had to do a show the day that they did the session, right? Mm-hmm. When Destiny Child did the session. So um, I met Destiny's Child actually before I had a deal. Um, they had just signed to Columbia. I didn't have a deal yet. Wyclef was trying to sign me in prize and all them. We're all on the Stay wow. Alive remix, if you oh, ever, right. listen, yeah. if you ever listen to that. So I, that was the only time I really spoke to them face-to-face, you know, um, talking about Beyonce and... Kelly and uh, you know they changed the other two around yeah. sporadically, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know the rest of them. But yeah. So that was the only time I really met them in Wyclef session, and we talked because we was all new artists and yeah. it was cool vibes or whatever. So when they did the "Do It Again" song, I told I wrote the lyrics for them or whatever and mm. left it there. Two weeks later, we had a show in um, Virginia. I remember it was in Virginia, and you know, I'm backstage, we moving, you know, everybody doing their thing, whatever. So these two girls come up to me and was like, yo, you like the chorus we did? I'm like, what? Jim is behind me like, I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, the chorus we did for you. And I'm like, what chorus did y'all do for me? And they're like, Jim is like, oh, Beyonce and Kelly. I'm like, oh, shit, yo. Yo, my bad, y'all. I apologize. Yo, that shit was dope, but they had the attitude, super duper <laughs> attitude, and walked the fuck off on me. After that, yo. I, I was like, the gym was like, yo, what the fuck, man? I said, you only seen them one time, like four years ago, my nigga. I, wow. I didn't recognize because it, it wasn't like they were show dressed. They had baggy clothes on. I guess, you know, they was going to get ready for their performance and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah, I didn't recognize them, and they they was mad about that shit, yo. <laughs> they was pissed. Jim was mad at me behind it, too. What's your favorite songs to perform? Like, what's your, like, I guess, if you had a camera on playlist, like, what's your go-to records? If I'm doing a quick show, like, you know, sometimes people only... Like, not even the singles. No, I'm just telling yeah. you, like, if I'm doing a quick show, because sometimes you be 10-minute sets, 15-minute yeah. sets when you're doing festivals and shit like that, I'll do Down and Out, I Really Mean It, Suck It or Not, Gangster music. <laughs> mm. Let me see what else. Because I changed up my. It depends on where I'm at. You could do a good B side show too. Yeah, I change up where I'm at. Um, depending on the location, but um, those are probably four or five that definitely down and out, sucking or not. I really mean it. And gangster music. Mm. Uh, probably my four go to if I got to do a short show. Yeah. Well, we yep. got to talk about losing weight. Losing weight. Yeah. Did your uncle really tell you at eleven? 
Can't get paid to earth this <laughs> you worthless kid. I love that line. Uh, he, he wasn't my real uncle, but yeah, he was like, yeah, like uh, uncle from the block. Definitely mm. say that. He's like, yeah, big this earth is. He put it to me just like that, but yeah. you know, they attitude where you come from, right? You can't get money, right? For instance, like this cloth. How how they make this? Yeah. You ever see a show? How they made yeah. on cable? Mm-hmm. I watch that shit all the time because it's so many it, people don't take the time or energy to find out how to get to what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, a nigga come up to me, this is a real story, nigga be like, yo, Kim, I want to open a store. And I be like, all right, cool, what we doing? He's like, I just want to open a store. I'm like, <laughs> yo. So we don't know if we selling cold cuts or sneakers. Yeah. We don't know what yeah. the fuck we doing. You ain't do the due diligence to go see what the rent would be. Mm. Every year, you didn't see what the water bill of electric estimated electricity be, bill mm. be every year. You haven't done a estimated. You don't know what. First of all, you don't know what you're selling, so you don't know how much inventory would cost or what against your gross against your net. Yeah. You need to go put a, a business plan together and come back. You just want to open up a store. You want to use my money and my brain. What the fuck I need you for? I can do this <laughs> shit myself. It don't make no sense. And a lot of people don't do the due diligence. So like. That line that you was talking about, yeah. you know, that's older niggas on my block attitude, like how big this, well, you, you know, when I was young and I was niggas attitude, like, it's too much shit in the world that you can learn and do and people be wanting fast money. But if you take yeah. some time to learn how to do stuff, then you can make money. Mm-hmm. These wheels on this camera, who made them wheels? Who made the fucking wheels? We don't know, you know what I'm saying? But somebody made them wheels. Somebody made that stand, you know what I'm saying? Somebody had to make this cord, you know what I'm saying? Somebody had to make this cloth with it, pillows, everything. Somebody's doing it. It ain't just pop up here, you know what I mean? So a lot of times people don't take the time or do the due diligence or homework. They just want to say, I want to do this, when it's a lot of work that goes into doing whatever you want to do. Yeah, I saw an interview once. You said you wanted to get into making toilet paper. Yeah, I did the due diligence on that <laughs> toilet paper machine. The cheapest one is twelve thousand. You could go on the one that costs one hundred sixty thousand, brand new. Uh, <laughs> seriously, that's how much it costs. If you Google it, there I'll tell you. Um, but I have to. I didn't have time. The person I was working with never did the homework because I don't have time to make toilet yeah. paper full, full time. But I'm saying like. <laughs> Yo, you know what I mean? But it'd be smart to do toilet paper. <laughs> Yo. Everyone uses toilet paper. Because that's what I'm saying. It's things that that's a luxury and it's yeah. things that are necessity. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to have a car. Yeah. It's convenient. You got to use toilet paper. <laughs> Everybody in this room is going to use toilet paper. Absolutely. That's a fact. I, I hope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's a fact that we're all going to use some toilet paper in the next day and a half. You know what I'm saying? It is a fact. a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. I'm just giving a leeway in case you win already. You know what I'm saying? You're going to use toilet paper, and I bet you it's probably, you know, I haven't done the homework in a long time on it, but what you got, Charmin, Scotty's, what else? It's not a fresh new brand in the marketplace. Yeah. It's probably generational families, yeah. yep. families just eating, 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 yep. eating off Great this. Great granddads. Yes, yeah. off of this toilet paper, mm-hmm. and there's no new toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you can market toilet paper Horror. for black females alone. Like, females, you have a little more extra than the average person. 
<laughs> this is for you. You, you know, count, right? yeah, yeah, this is definitely, yeah, your thread count on the toilet paper, you know? <laughs> this is the comfort level you need and so and so, so and so. They eat that up, you know what I mean? So. With the dip, I tell you, you made some changes with the Dipset uh, store, some right. revamps changes. But you not only sell the clothes, which are amazing, look great. Thank you. You're selling like coffee mugs and shower curtains and everything. Dip, right, absolutely. You diplomats, everything. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, a lot of stuff outside of the clothes is stuff that I see people make, and I'm and and what happens is, I'm not even I'm not even against it. So like I give you an example, like coffee mug. I seen somebody selling a coffee mug, so we tracked them down. I well, could put selling like a dipset coffee mug unauthorized, a camera, like a camera on coffee mug yeah. unauthorized. <laughs> I could put a cease and desist out, but it was their idea, so I try to eat with them. This is dope, but I need half. I'm gonna go with half. <laughs> Because you're selling my likeness. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, we can't afford to do it. You sure? All right, now I'm going to do it myself on my site if you don't want to eat together because now I'm going to yeah. solidify my own coffee mug. But I am presenting you the opportunity to get money with Partner me. Partner with me. Because right. Make it official. this was your idea. Right. You know what I'm saying? But once they the don't initiative. Want, yeah, oh, it's not doing that well. All right, well, fine. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so a lot of stuff, candles, all that stuff. I see other people doing, not track them down to work with them. And a few people that work with me as well. Other people act like it's not as lucrative, and then when they act like it's not lucrative, I test it out myself on my own site. It's that picture that's so iconic, and it's just become. Yeah, I'm the male Mona Lisa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Got last one beat out before we go. So I'm just happy that we did this, man. Like, yeah, I thank always... you guys for having me. I know. Um, on a diplomat project, we were supposed to get up with you yeah. guys and everything didn't work out. So I apologize about that. Oh, but good. thank you for having me. I apologize for never doing a dipset cover when I was at XXL. I oh, come on, up, cut man. it out. Fucked up, man. I'm on like four XL. I know, you got them all after me, though. I'm jealous. Oh, okay. shouldn't have told me. I thought you was down, man. Nah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, man. Absolutely, man. I'm a big SDE fan. That's my shit. Thank so you. I fight for that album all Purple the time. Haze two you, on man. the way. Sure. Sure. Haze That's what's coming. Haze two December 16th, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cam. Yep. Vibrate our podcast. Yeah.